All right. Today on the Power Cosmic, let me spin that around. On the Power <laughs> Cosmic podcast, episode one seventy, I think it's one seventy eight. It's a lot. Wow. I'm talking comic strips. Comic strips. Like okay. you used to read the newspaper. Because yes. you just mentioned a couple minutes ago the Daily News. Yes. And I used to read Spider-Man. That was done by Stan Lee and John Romita. Right. Then later on picked up by Roy Thomas and Alex Savick. Yep. And, but I want to ask you, did you know that there was a Batman comic strip that ran in the newspapers from 1969 to 1972 that never had Batman in it? It was just Bruce Wayne. Because they did not have the rights to the show back. I did not know that. I, I found that out yesterday. I was amazed by that. Really? Because it just got reprinted. IDW does these reprints. So it's just who It's who just did Bruce it? Wayne. Who did it? Oh, it um, what's his name? Whitney. Was it Whitney Ellsworth? Whitney no. Ellsworth. No, uh, Nick Hardy. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was all huh. the big names. And it ran for three years, but they were never allowed to get the rights to show Batman. Do so they have Alfred and stuff? Alfred, like a soap also party cast, and, huh. and, and they made Bruce Wayne like a James Bond character. Interesting. Because when I was a kid... Because I was saying, you never read that? Because I want to go read it just to see, but see when how I, could you make a story like talk, I think we talked about when I was a Because the age difference is not that great. Yeah. But I'm technically old. You are old. <laughs> so in 1966... Right. Which is when I was born... So yes, there is a bit of an age when discrepancy. When the Batman comic came out, when the when the Batman TV show came out, yeah, the newspaper comic was huge, and my mom used to get the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. So I used to ask her to because the comics were never in the same spot, like in a daily paper, like a Sunday you get a comic section. Yeah. So I would ask her to save the page for me, so I could read the Batman strip. In the Chicago Tribune. Okay. So I did read it during the entire, you know, couple of years that the Batman TV show was on. Yeah. But then after that, I probably wouldn't search through the paper to find the comics. No. Have you seen those since? Because I've never read Batman no, comic strips. I don't I've, know what they're like. Well, the Batman comic was actually pretty well done, as I recall. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely influenced it felt By lighter because it was the go-go check era for the oh, right, okay. it wasn't the Denny O'Neill the yeah. Neil Adams was dark Batman it was you know that was the, yeah that was the end of it so it was a lot of uh, go-go check comics had that same kind of light you know stuff well, would happen but it wasn't when you collect artwork you have the Prince Valiant artwork you've never seen or remember there was an auction recently and I sent it to you there was a who was it Whitney who was the artist of what it was an Aquaman comic strip. Oh, that was from the world's greatest. That, that was from the world's greatest. greatest and I said to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing too. Apparently, they can't reprint. There was a Justice League comic yeah. strip, and they can't reprint that. And I don't know why that is. Is it maybe that the syndicate has some rights to it? They said that's the only one you'll never see. Well, then Kupperberg was talking about that. I think Kupperberg wrote that. Oh, the Justice League. One? It was just Dick George Dillon. Tuska. Yeah, Tuska Dylan. Yeah. Did it, and they said that for some reason they can't reprint it, though DC has the rights to yeah, it. And yeah. I'm thinking, why would it be that? Because certain it's probably like the are... Batman '66 TV show Fox yeah. and ABC had rights because so they that was in the it. '70s. You say the Justice League? Yeah, one? yeah. The Justice League one ran, and it was it was weird because it was called wasn't it called World's Greatest Superheroes? I thought it was called Justice League. I remember World's Greatest Superheroes because it was. That might have been a continuation of the Batman. In other words, like, here's the slot that Batman right, had. Right. We're going to open it up for Superman and, and, hey, let's do Justice League. Yeah. 
you know, Super Friends era. See, I never saw any of these in the 70s. I know that Tusca drew it because I remember that. Yeah. But did you know, you know there was a Batman strip when the 89 Batman. No. All I remember is. Marshall Rogers worked on that one, which is kind of cool. All I remember is Spider-Man and then there was a Hulk strip for a great moment and then Star Wars. Do you remember Conan? No. Roy Thomas and John Apparently Bissell, there was a Howard the Duck one, too. Yeah, briefly there was Howard the Duck. Who, now, newspapers, I lived in here, New yeah, York yeah. Daily News. They had the best comic strips. Yeah. The New York Post had some. Yeah, yeah. New well, York Times Daily, does not have comic strips. The Daily News merged with another paper at some point. I yeah. forget who, but they was kept it, both pages. Wasn't that a Murdoch tape? That was in the 80s. The, 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 he bought a bunch of newspapers. No, then. he bought the Post. Oh, okay. And it became more like a. But the Daily News bought six, one other paper, and they kept both. Oh, the Herald. Strips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the New York Herald. In Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Journal carried the Conan strip because yeah. they still had the clipping in advance of the strip opening, or and that was around the time of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So it makes really? sure it makes sense. 1981. Yeah. Who was was it? Roy yeah. Thomas it writing. It was Roy, and it was uh, it was John Buscema drawing. Really. I don't know I've how long never it seen that. No, but uh, see, this is the stuff I'm walking at. There's like lost strips out there. I don't think it's been collected until you just told me that. I never knew that. No, they did collect it. There's a book at Cave Comics that was sitting on the shelf. It was really poorly done. They didn't have good material, so oh, okay. material, and that's stupid. You'd think you'd have good. Yeah, black and white. It yeah, because be I mean, it, it's not like it's 40 years old. So how long did it run? Old. A year or so. It ran. I think it ran a couple of years. Yeah. The best strip from that period of time was Starhawks. Ron Goulart. Gil Kane. It was Gil Kane and I remember Ron Goulart, Starhawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was meant to be a double tier strip. What does that mean? It was, instead of being like a strip being a three long. Panels. Yeah. This was as if you stacked two comic strips together. Oh, so like they Little could Orphan do, Annie would have like but that. But they could, yeah. no, this was, it was, it was meant to be run in two spaces. So Gil could do a square panel. And do it almost like a comic page, like a Sunday, oh. where you had two tiers. So he could—he didn't have to do the small, yeah, the, the, the short panels yeah. across. I remember Starhawks. I but remember that was how it started. It launched the first. I think the first um, launch was two, and then they had to cut it to one tier because the, oh. there weren't enough paper supporting it or something. That I think's been collected. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. yeah. They did a um, Hermes press that a really nice book really? of it. Yeah. And the Sundays are great. Yeah. That was really nice stuff. Oh, that came out after Star Wars, because yeah. I remember that was like Tarzan a ran as a newspaper strip Tarzan, for years. I remember. For, and at yeah. one point, Mike Grell did the Tarzan strip. Really? Grell did the Tarzan strip after Gil Kane. Gil Kane did it. Mike Grell. Uh-huh. And then uh, Gray Morrow wound up doing it up until his death. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're beautiful. Like, Grell did, always did great. Um, he was a big hunter. Yeah. So yeah. the animal stuff was beautiful. Gil Kane loved drawing, you know... Animals. Uh, Gray Morrow did a great job. See, I remember the only big strips when I was a kid was Dick Tracy was big. Yeah. Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers. And uh, it was Gould, Gray, Gould, Chester Gould. Chester Gould. He was doing it. Yeah. Or, or was Dick Loker was the artist. Oh, was he? Was, yeah, I he just don't remember Chester Gould's name. Dick Loker was a Chicago um, editorial cartoonist. Yeah. And he took over the, the Dick Tracy. And he had a very, he kept this Chester Gould kind of angular cartoony style. And Stan Drake was still on the papers. I don't know, doing Dr. No, Stan Drake Rex was Morgan? doing. No, Stan Drake did the, what was it, the uh, Juliet Jones? Oh, Juliet Jones. Yeah, the art paper, it's weird. The New Haven Register did not have a lot of superhero. They had funny strips like yeah. BC, Johnny Hart, right. remember that? 
Agatha Harville, yeah, yeah. Blondie, well, the, the, Family Circle. Yeah, there was a period where the, the continuity strips weren't that big. Yeah. But like recently, in the last for the last ten years, Mike Manley's been doing Rex Morgan, MD. Oh, that's it, Rex Morgan. And yes. Mike Manley took over the Sunday Phantom strip. Yeah. Maybe the Daily Phantom. Daily I thought Graham Miller was doing the Phantom. Graham did the Phantom for a long time, and then Graham, I think, shifted to another. It's crazy. I mean, Why? but the papers aren't really. There's not that many. Well, there's not many newspapers nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, Do they do uh, it online? I'm anymore? trying to remember what Graham Graham was doing. The Sunday Phantom. Yeah. Whatever. But Matt Manley took over. Mike Manley does Judge Morgan. Yeah. And um, Rec or Judge? No, what was the Judge thing though? Judge. Judge Roy. No, it was Judge something. No, it was about a judge. Yeah, no, no. Judge Roy Harper. The the other one, the Morgan one, was the Rex Morgan MD. Yeah, right. Terry Beatty is was doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, huh. This happened maybe 10, 12 years ago. Those guys oh, no, got what was gigs. the girl's name? It was the Brenda Starr. Brenda, Brenda Starr Star. was still going. Yeah. And, I remember uh, that one. That was a serial. At the end of that, that was uh, um, done by comic people, too. I forget. Uh, June Brigman was drawing. Oh, really? The, yeah, June yeah. Brigman? I know yeah. June from uh, Power Pack. And yeah. She used to work with Louise. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny in a way. And when the... I think Tarzan... No, um... Prince Valiant is yeah. done by Mark Schultz and Tom Yates. It's still running? Yeah. It's in the Sunday really? it's in the Sunday Connecticut Post. But Tom Yates who drew Swamp Thing back in the Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Tom um, Yates. He lives in Vermont and, or New Hampshire. One of those. And uh, Mark Schultz who did Xenozoic Tales, but also wrote he wrote Superman for a couple of years oh, in, yeah? the, in the nineties. And um, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So so the only places I can think to collect them, I said IDW. You said Hermes, but there was another. Well, Fanographics. Fanographics yeah, yeah. did a lot of reprints. Fanographics still does a fair amount of, uh, of collect, you know, but they do the classic stuff, like, like Flash Fan- Gordon. Well, and they just Buck did. Rogers. Someone posted on Twitter. It was amazing. Apparently, there's a gigantic Prince Valiant collection. That the book is big on its own. But right. The pages are done as folds out, fold outs because they're like an artist edition. Oh, really? Which is kind of crazy. Wasn't Prince Valiant like a half page strip? Yeah, yeah. Get and the, like a right, big the originals deal. are like the size of half of a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, really yeah. big. They're crazy. Yeah. So this apparently the Fanographics did a book with original from the original art that actually is fold outs. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I still like. I always liked the Roy Crane, Buzz Sawyer. I know um, Buzz Sawyer was Roy Crane was the guy who, you know, your 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 buddy, our buddy, Chaykin, big fan of yeah. Roy Crane. Crane did this Dua Shade stuff. Yep. Everybody copied him. He was great. I was just thinking of Dondi. That was Erwin. Uh, Erwin Hazen. Yeah. yeah. He did '96. I remember when he died. Yeah, yeah. But he did what in comics though? He created the. Flash? the he created the Atom. The Atom. That was it. Or co-created. And uh, I think Wildcat. Wildcat. Um, other characters too. He was from the in the forties. Yeah, because the, all that DC stuff in the forties. What was the guy's name that did them all? Uh, I just told you we did a biography. Shel- of Sheldon Mayer. No, but he was the editor of the. No, the guy that did Comics. all the big Gardner Fox. Gardner Fox did yeah. them all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, at least are these they guys any good, got though? I mean, have you ever gotten these collections? Like these are good stories. Of Dondi. No, I'm talking about most of this serial stuff. Because it know. seems like it was like watered-down comic books because you got to stretch no, you know it what? out. The newspapers, if you think of it in terms, like, I think they still do comics 
I'm trying to remember. David do Kraft it. does a magazine that still comes out, and it's like Wait, David Anthony Kraft. Yeah, Comics Review. Yeah, which runs strips in like maybe multiple pages, so they'll run like a, a month's worth of a, a classic strip, right. so you can read a month's worth of continuity. And the cool thing is, it's a it's like anything else. There's a rhythm to it, but it's like writing if you're writing a TV show that's a you know weekly show. Well, the Sunday was the versus, big one you'd get because yeah. some people only got the Sunday one, so they recap the week. Sometimes a newspaper wouldn't carry the Sunday, but they'd carry the regular. Right. So some strips would do the Sundays as a separate story. Yeah. So in other words, it didn't have continuity from Monday to Friday. Monday it was like to a Saturday. soap opera almost. Like. But it wouldn't yeah. be the same story from Monday yeah. to Friday. It would be a different story, like in in. Uh, Roy Crane's uh, Buzz Sawyer, the yeah. Sunday strips, were usually were his sidekick was like Sweeney or something. It was kind of a Bibo type character, yeah, whatever yeah, the, yeah. the classic sidekick. And they would be different than what was running during the week. Huh. But uh, but like yeah, no, the, the, yeah. the cool thing about having those, especially the classic stuff, is that those guys knew how to write. And if you, some of them get like kind of they're forgotten to a degree, but like Annie. Yeah, Little Orphan Annie. Yes. Annie was really well written. These guys knew the medium. Milton Kniff was a terrific writer. Terry the Pirates. If yes. you read those things and you read them, you could sit down and read a month's worth. Right. And you go, wow, these guys knew. But they were working for a daily audience. They knew how to pace the they story. They knew what day was the peak day of the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saturday might not have a yeah. lot of. Fr- usually it was like Friday was the big. Yeah, you know, the so they would it would just they would pace it like that, and and just like a daily soap opera or whatever, you have to know your your medium. You yeah. know, if you write to that, those guys were great. Roy Crane was great. He did amazing stories in Wash Tubs, which ran before Buzz Sawyer. Wash Tubs was from like the late twenties oh, okay. through the late thirties. Um, but Milton Kniff with the original Terry and the Pirates, just a terrifically written story yeah. and engaging and the same is true of, I mean the, there's a lot of stuff Scorchy Smith there were a lot of oh, I know character Scorchy type yeah, yeah, yeah. things that were really well done and uh, it was about the writing because you were grabbing each day's paper to find out what it looked like You're, yeah. it was really a writer's medium no I think about that because when you go to Universal Studios they have that section all about the comic strips right right Nobody knows who those are. I'll, I'll be there with my kids. And they're like, who's that dog? Oh, that's Marmaduke. They might know Marmaduke. Right, right. But then there's a... What's the little witch's name? Broomhilda? Broomhilda. That was very popular. Did, I mean... Yeah. Popular maybe to somebody in their 50s and 60s. Right, right. You're, right, you're talking, I'm talking to a 20-year-old kid. Yeah. They don't even know Snoopy anymore. Right. I mean, that's well, how bad t- things are. Right. If you're 20 or 30 years out of yeah. continuity, Yeah, you're but you wonder why have... Universal devotes a whole section to that. Because it's almost like having... A museum. I mean, yeah. no one knows that little Toontown, I think. But if they do that, I mean, it, it's like, what's the advantage Popeye. of... Popeye. Right. have the Popeye's ride. And Popeye there? still is a strip. Yeah. And then they have a They're Betty Boop. not a lot of paper. But no one's not going to know Betty Boop. They're yeah. not going to know... Um, they have. It's called Buzzsaw Falls. That's where they have... Um, what's the Mounties guy's name? He was on Tennessee Tuxedo's show. Oh, oh, Dudley Do-Right? Dudley Do-Right. Right. He's the, the star of that oh, little ride, funny. though, and you go down, because it's like, there's, is it Dastardly Dylan? Or am I thinking yeah, Dastardly... Whiplash. Dick, no, Whiplash. Dick Dastardly was one of the... Whatever, he's got like a mustache, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got the girl tied yeah, to the, yeah. the log, yeah. and then she's going to the bus saw, 
and the whole ride is right. themed around that thing. But right, the kids it was are Mel like, or something. Yeah, they're like the girlfriends. Yeah, they're like, what's that about? I go, oh, that's uh, you know the Mountie guy. But in in its concept, it's still fun, even if you yeah. don't know about it. So I mean, I see that working the same as the Flintstones. Well, as the a concept, Disney just you don't changed. need to have watched all the episodes to feel it's a concept set in the Stone right, Age, right, but right. it's kind of like paralleling the Disney just changed Splash Mountain, which was themed on Song of the South, right? Rare Rabbit, right? Because that movie's not been around for right. forty years, and right. I would go on that ride. My kids would go, "What's the deal here?" Right? I'm like, "Well, that's Brer Fox and Brer Rabbit and Brer Bear," and they're like, right. Ooh. Well, and it's based Zippity on Zippity Doodahs playing, you know. It's kind of like a what Jim Crow era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so no, you, you may have though. affection for things, but stuff passes. Like the Lone Ranger was huge at one oh, point. Oh yeah, my dad loved that. Show. Um, yeah. But it was a big comic strip ran forever. The oh, Lone I thought Ranger. it was a radio show. It was a radio show. It was also a very popular comic strip. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> the guy who did the comic strip recently departed. The, oh yeah. With, uh, Joe Sinnott worked with uh, the guy who did the Lone Ranger. Was oh, really? it Tom Gill or something? Um, but yeah, there's st- stuff is once it's out of a couple of generations' view, yeah, it, it becomes, becomes like a museum piece. Do we try to revive it? How can you do Seriously. that? Seriously, I mean, the Phantom. I know Scott Martin reads the Phantom as a fan of that. I go. When's the last time you saw anything but the Phantom? <clears throat> yeah, well, I the mean, comic they strip. They try to bring books out here right. and there. And well, the comic strips have been. They're been, like the Phantom, they movie. do it here. I mean, it's done in the U.S. because it's owned here or whatever, but it's popular. The Phantom is like... France. It used to be really popular in Australia. Oh, really? It was like their Batman. Really? Yeah, it was huge. I didn't know that. I was always like, who's, who's reading this? <laughs> well, there used to be collections, too. Like when the... At uh, one point, Paul... Lee Falk, isn't it? Paul Ryan, the artist who yeah, worked on Superman, Fantastic Paul. Four, whatever. He was up Paul, in Hartford, yeah. Paul worked on the Phantom comic books, which were done under license to the syndicate. King's Feature. Yeah, but they were actually done for the meta. Not, um, I'm trying to think of. It wasn't. It was like Norway or one of those. It was really big, and the publisher was there, so they would do these color albums. You know, nice, really beautifully done, and he got paid well to do them. And that sold? But that was a popular thing. So they probably were able to sell that in, you know, wherever. I don't know if yeah, it was yeah, Norway yeah. or if it was somewhere, somewhere in that Sweden, direction. Switzerland, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Finland, I don't know. But then they also oh, that's were curious, big, I they was were big like, in Australia, the so they had a worldwide market. Right. That's just the key to, to why the Phantom's still going. Yeah. Um, like Modesty Blaze. The, the, the spy? No, it was always that a, was a French British. thing. It was, it was a, a British? British? Yeah, I always thought it was Which agent? Wh- who's Agent X9? That's That was U.S. Oh, I thought that was a British strip. No, but those strips did live longer in the foreign markets. Like, they still produced them for U.S. and maybe 20 newspapers across uh-huh. the country. But they were, you know, reprinted or oh. collected and used in the foreign oh, that's market. That's curious, because I would always be scratching my head going, who the hell are these characters? Well, Secret Agent Corrigan... Secret Agent Court. That was, uh, I think, at one point, Williamson and Archie Goodwin. Al Williamson? Yeah. 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 But um, Secret Agent X-9 was Dashiell Hammett and Alex Raymond. Wait, wait, what? In the 30s. Dashiell Hammett, the writer of the of Maltese Falcon yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, Thin yeah. Man. Yes. Dashiell Hammett and... They did comic strips? Dashiell Hammett and Alex Raymond did Secret Agent X-9. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Which is kind of cool. The, the strip outlasted them both, basically. Yeah. Um, I think it was still running in the uh, 80s, maybe Jeez, 90s. Weren't they like celebrated authors? And they're writing 
Or are you sure they it were was doing big. it was a ghost trailer? <laughs> no, it was, I think it was a big enough medium, and it was a circulation draw when there were a lot of newspapers. So if you had somebody like that, you signed them to, like Hearst Media, or, yeah. you know, they, they, they controlled the syndicate and their main papers. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you had it, and if you had a Hearst paper, a Hearst newspaper in your local market, it was going to have that strip. So it was about right. star power. No, I remember the guys telling me stories, the older the comic strip guys. That was like big money. I mean, yeah. these guys were millionaires. They were Because there were a off. lot of newspapers. Yeah. And again, it was competitive. You know, Al Cap, he was like the yeah, Walt yeah. Disney, yeah. New Haven's own Al Cap, until he got involved in scandals with like sexual abuse <laughs> and stuff. But no, he had Including a... Including Goldie Hawn. Really? Don't you remember that? No. He had a, all I know is he had a theme park before Disney World. Well, Lil Abner he, he was very huge. Yeah, yeah, he had a dog patch thing. Yeah. He had the, the, the schmooze. Yeah, little, the schmooze. There was marketing. They made yeah. dolls and merchandise and stuff. And Al Cap was a big deal. He was on like, yeah. the Johnny Carson show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when you find out he was going to college campuses and blackmailing girls to have sex with them. Right. And that it was clear. Yeah, there was, was a, it. Yeah. Apparently that happened. I think it was Goldie Hawn was on the Tonight Show and he hit on her or something in the oh, green I didn't room. Know that. And she had a story about it years later which was like, you know, people initially thought, how dare she? And then all oh, the no other shit. stuff came out. Because like an like, American oh, yeah, institution. Was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's that whole thing with him and John Lennon and Yoko Ono when they're doing that bedding. Oh. Remember they stayed in bed and he comes up and shows up. But then I heard it was all for the cameras. Yeah. Like it was wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. Well, I mean, but these guys were, they were definitely the greats of the of really? their medium. Because now you can pay anybody to tell you a comic strip guy. Right. Well, but again, it was about star power. So if your strip was popular, you could, in some cases... Well, Charles Schultz was probably the last big Gary Trudeau. Mainstream. But then, you know, there's guys like the Zitz comic was very popular. Who? Zitz. It runs in a million newspapers. If you don't buy a newspaper, you're not going to see know. it. Zitz? Zitz. It's a teenage, like a teenage kid in a family. It's a no. great, it's a really good strip. Jerry Scott and Jim Borgman. It's a nice strip. It, I read it, it every is day. Is it a funny strip? Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a teenager, you know, oh, right. just teenager stuff. But uh, Baby Blues was another one that ran. That's also Jerry Scott. Um, Jerry Scott did Nancy at one point. I remember Nancy. <clears throat> Nancy's but, yeah, no, I mean, the, 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 everything is about competition. When there, with less newspapers, there's no competition. No. So when there was competition with big newspaper chains, these guys were all paid well. There were, you know, every major city could have two or three papers. If no, they, they didn't have like, two, They live like kings down here in Westport. That's where saying, they all lived around Right, here. so if you had a syndicated deal and you were in a thousand newspapers, you were making big bucks. The problem, again, is that the chains started buying up papers, so there's less competition. That's what killed it. You have, I mean, Connecticut is served, like Fairfield County is kind of served one by newspaper. one newspaper owned by Post. Hearst. Yeah. And Hearst bought the, the New Haven thing. Register. They bought the Norwalk Hour. I mean, they basically, they consolidate it. There's no competition, so the, yeah. the strips don't, they don't pay as well. Right. There's less newspapers to run in, and they're like, oh. We have to have the comics. Yeah. So they try to drop them, and every time they try to drop them, people, people complain. complain. Yeah. Because why else am I buying a newspaper? Yeah. Something to read. Something. Even the jumble was a big deal. Even the horoscope. The, the horoscope's a big deal. Why not? The horoscope, the crossword puzzles, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. It's so like, I mean, I mean, if you have something somebody else doesn't have. Yeah. And the comic strips are unique. Oh yeah, I would get the paper. Daily News because they had Spider Man and 
the Connecticut papers did. It was like a yeah. treat. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh my goodness, we're reading John Romita. Well, in, 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 in the day, my mom used to get the Chicago Tribune because that was the closest big newspaper. Yeah. We got the Milwaukee Journal, the Milwaukee Sentinel. They the had morning different paper, strips evening the paper. Yeah, yeah. They had different strips. Chicago Tribune had, they, they were the only ones who had peanuts yeah. initially. They had Dick Tracy. You know, they had the Batman strip. They yeah. had probably a number of proprietary strips. So if you wanted to read those comics, you would either subscribe to these other papers yeah. or you would find them on, you know, at the newsstand or something. See, I remember when I was a kid, I got it. I still have it. The pages are falling out the bindings broken. I got this big, giant book of the Buck Rogers comic strip. I still have it, too. Yep. You still have yeah, it? It's got a pink cover. It says Buck Rogers. I got Rogers. it for my birthday. And then 23rd century, I was like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And I lost this, the cover, the dust yeah. jacket. I just yeah. had the book. And the pages are coming out. Yeah, yeah. But boy, I used to sit there and read that thing yeah. like crazy. And then they had diagrams in the back, like yep. how the spaceships work and how right. the ray gun worked. Right. And here's Wilma Daring's uniform with the right. little helmet. Right. Dude, that was like the best book ever. Well, and then that probably came out around the... 71 or 2, I got it. Was it right before... Yeah. I was, I was a little was Before kid, so. the TV show? Just before? Well, and maybe the TV led, show came out in 77, but so I got it, this earlier. It probably led to... Because Buck Rogers was still in the papers. Oh, I remember just Buck Rogers being on every Saturday afternoon. They'd show the serial with Buster Crab. Yeah, yeah, but the, the comic strip still was running in the newspapers oh. in the 80s. It was a popular strip. Really? Yeah. Flash Gordon was still running in the 80s, too. I thought Dave Stevens from Rocketeer was working on some... And Alex Toth did a lot of strips, too. I was like, what? Oh, no, Russ Manning, Russ Manning. Russ Russ Manning did Tarzan. And then he did Star Wars. he did Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there were a lot of... Now Williamson did a lot of them. I mean, I moved to Connecticut in 87, and I joined the National Cartoonist Society officially in, like, 88 or 9. Yeah. And uh, from that time, I got to hang out with these people at yeah. local meetings and stuff. Yeah. And it was, it's basically a diminishing thing. Yeah, it was getting smaller. Newspapers yeah. started consolidating, going out of business and what. Um, it still hangs on. And they've gone, you know, there's, I, I think, King Features. All the different syndicates have oh, websites. Yeah. And if you're into that, you can read the comics daily. Yeah, yeah Burke Breathe came yeah. back with Bloom County. But you can only read online. Well, they, and Glenn the, Larson's. You see, the, they showed up. The, right, the far side is uh, yeah. back on a sporadic yeah. Uh, level. Yeah, just kind of did it. Well, they haven't brought back Calvin and Hobbes. No, Bill Waterston. He's not coming back. Yeah. Dunes, it's funny. Doonesbury is a run. I don't know if he does it daily anymore. No, Gary Trudeau. Because it runs in the Sunday years. paper. No, it still runs in the Sunday paper because he still does his Trump stuff. Oh, does he? Oh yeah, it's all about Trump. Oh, I know, but I remember him. I remember seeing him. He used to. He, I know where they live. Yeah, yeah, Brandon. But uh, they, him and Jane Pauley, that's his wife. They used to eat in New Haven a lot, so I used to see him a lot. Well, he went to Yale. He did go to Yale. Right. That's what I mean. It was the Yale Daily of, Press. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and Doonesbury was a was certainly a big strip. Yeah. And it's still there. I like Bloom and County more than Doonesbury. Yeah. It wasn't as political. I enjoyed Doonesbury, and again, you know what the thing was, we were talking about, the Doonesbury kind of bridged the the gap between being funny and also being a continuity yeah. strip, because they would do long sequences with Uncle Duke going to, yeah. and, you know, Uncle Duke was... Yeah, um, the guy with the football helmet. Yeah, he was, he was Hunter S. Thompson, yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they would do long storylines with him doing stuff, or they'd be, and that was kind of a bridge between the one-day, the one-a-day gag kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the old you know, adventure strips or whatever. Yeah. So I like. I mean, I think people still. It, 
you know, people still want some kind of continuity. You know, maybe kids are getting it in, in games. They're getting a setting that they can interact Something with. Something every day. Well, they, I think they watch but YouTube they, and all that stuff yeah. nowadays. And that's but I mean, where like they a get game gives you funnies. the setting. Yeah. The game is still giving you story. It's just that you're dictating where it goes. Right. Because kind of, you still have to... No, but it was kind of cool. Like, every day I'd get, look forward to the paper, find it on your newsstand... Or your, your front store, uh, front stoop. Right. You open it up, you read your strip. Yeah. You go, then you you start to read the other ones, the ones you know your favorites. Yeah. Like, oh, read that one. For me. I'll read that guy now. Yeah. I used to do that too. I mean, I still do it. You move still, around. Yeah. I still get the. the I remember I get the kind of tank, post is because tank they have a comic McNamara. Band. Remember that it was like a, a yeah. funky wicker. Funky, funky wicker bean. bean. Yep. Yeah, there's a couple of them that come and gone. Yeah. But they still could be going. They're just not in a local. Well, see, paper. you just didn't know. You just they yeah. out of sight, out of mind. It's like, oh, what happened to that strip? Never saw well, it. Well, Funky Winkerbean does. I think it's I still thought that going. Ended years ago. No, I think it's still going. It's just it's not in our local paper. Oh. Uh, that's what I was saying. When I was at the first year, I went to Baltimore Con after yeah. years of wanting to go and not being able to because of timing. Yeah. Uh, first year I went, they were given newspapers at the hotel. Like you had a newspaper outside your door. Yeah in the morning and I thought wow this is cool so I'm reading the local paper and there's Graham Nolan doing the Phantom oh, and wow. there's Mike Manley doing the Judge what is it Judge I, you're still on that aren't you yeah but anyways they were both in there and I thought wow how interesting that they're both and maybe maybe that was at North Carolina maybe that was Huracan that newspaper might have had them but anyways it's always funny when you see something like that you have still make any Superman strips now no. No, there's no DC. I don't think they've no done Batman. that. No. What was the Batman 89 one like? It was, again, it was, it was, uh, no, it was still the comic. No, but it wasn't based on, like... I don't think so, no. I think it was still the comic, but it was, uh, it, I mean, it was kind of cool that it was Marshall Rogers. Yeah. You know, even though it was later Marshall Rogers. I'm just thinking, where are all the strips now? Where did all that artwork go? Because that was a lot of yeah, art. Yeah, those people yeah. probably sold them. I would think he probably sold them. Because I remember John Romina had stacks of... yeah. Spider-Man strips they were piling up because yeah. I mean, you're doing it five days a week six, seven days a week yeah yeah it's a well, lot well I mean it probably just got sold that probably got sold to the same guy who bought all his other stuff no I know but I remember those being cheap yeah not well, nowadays but back in the 80s like there were so many of them it's like you also oh 50 a, bucks you can get a John Romita right. strip but you can have a daily that didn't have Spider-Man in it it yeah, was just yeah, Peter yeah. Parker or something yeah. so yeah. But there's a, the, the, that's a different story. Art, I know. I art know. stuff is, you know. Did you see Bill Sienkiewicz does an article about how he made a cover for New Mutants issue 26. And he said back in the old days before digital, you took the cover and you FedExed it or delivered it to the right. company. And it never got there. And Marvel yeah. called up and they're like, where's the cover? Because I shipped it. Right. We never got it. So he had to paint another cover within overnight right. and then drive it down to the city and they used it and he goes years later he's at a show a guy comes up to him wants him to sign uh, his thing and there's the cover and oh, he says funny. where did you get this why well it, it's it was stolen lost in the yeah. mail so oh I don't know it was stolen I got right. it from you he goes they're never going to tell you the truth right. and it, he goes the guy paid for it and what are you going to do call him out on right. it but that's the dirty side of art yeah. collecting but he had this whole thing about Lots of stuff used to disappear in the old days. Yeah, yeah. And, and now well, he would you, do it and shoot it. I mean, I always used to... I was really lucky Bob Greenberger lived... It was Bob Greenberger and Terry Cunningham both worked at D.C. They, lived in they both lived in Fairfield. Yeah. So when I did a Shazam cover, I would take it over to their house. Yeah. And they would take it in the next day. 
did the, you know that that for say maybe most of the covers I didn't have to rely on FedEx or whatever, but for art returns I still had to rely on FedEx. So yeah. by the time it got back to you, it could get dinged up just in that return trip. <clears throat> but it was nice to know when you did it, um, you had a you know you were yeah. going to have to redraw it at the last minute or whatever. No, but not everybody lived near New York, though. No, and I, I mean, you know, you, you take your chances with anything, but it was pretty reliable. I think yeah. two packages over, you know, 40 years got lost. Really? <clears throat> the first one was on my first issue of All-Star Squadron. Oh, no shit. They lost uh, FedEx. It was the, I'd never even gotten a FedEx. I didn't even know what FedEx was right. in 1981. But they sent the first, like, 15 pages lettered pencils by Rich Buckler... And I never got them, so I had to ink those on vellum. Yeah, and then they had to paste up the lettering that had been xeroxed off the originals. Did they ever find them? <clears throat> I don't think they ever turned up. But oh, that's uh, weird. but that was the first very first issue of All Star Squadron. So the first sixteen pages are inked on vellum, maybe more. I forget how many, but there were a couple of pages on on board. But it was generally the first batch, and then they lost a batch of uh, the burn. Justice League storyline. I did the fifth circle, the tenth circle, oh, the ninety-five, the tenth circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> um, that that badge got lost on the way into the office. Again, FedEx going from yeah, yeah. me to DC, so they were inked, but I had photocopies, so yeah, yeah. they were able to scan them. But that's a pretty good record. I know other people have had stuff. You know, you have to look at it at the odds. What are the odds? You know. Well, just. It's just a different world now. Well, now everything's scanned. Yeah, you know? never leaves your house. So if you have power outage for a week, you can't scan and, and upload pages, obviously. Does, that, does it cheat nowadays because you don't have to uh, ink as much? You could do a good pencil and then just scan it in and go to Photoshop and just play with the Who contrast. I'm just saying, you could get away with a little bit. I mean, you can do You could do probably. breakdowns. Yeah, and then just kind of darken it. And go, oh, look, that's a little bit better than I needed to. I don't know. Maybe you could. I don't. I don't think you. It's I think, cheating, but I, I, I know Kevin McGuire does. I think he started doing that some kind of a scanning thing with his pencils. Oh, really? But uh, if it works, it works. You have to still have to pencil really cleanly to do that. You yeah. couldn't just take a rough no, sketch. No, because you'd see all the dark. Yeah. Right. So whatever effort go would go into inking is probably going into adjusting and filling in and fixing. You mm. know. Um, yeah, it's a tool. I know, I know. I was just curious about that. Because I saw Pablo Marcos the other day. He films himself inking. Yeah. And he did a very nice, like, drawing of Mary Jane's face. That alone was good enough. Yeah. His pencil. Yeah. But then he goes in and starts inking. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, don't touch it. Leave it alone. It's yeah. good enough. And, they still, and it's, it looks better and better as he yeah, does yeah. it. But there's points along the way where it's like, if he just took that pencil drawing and just... Right. Shot it and darkened it up. It would have looked just as good. A as pencil. That. Let's think. It, and again, this is it's rough from our main he's got, subject. But no, but he's got like when thin you ink lines something, a brush that you didn't get. Comparing with pencil. pencil with ink is they're two different. They're kind of like two different mediums. Yeah. The reason for an inker, it's not as important now because you can do a lot with color. You can do yeah. tone. You can do weights. Yeah. You can do shadow with with color. So you could probably do the pencil thing in color easier now yeah, yeah. not easier but right but when you get a pencil drawing and you ink it and I, I think I was maybe said this on the Mike Manley podcast but it was like when I worked on burn John does this like when he was doing pencils for other people to ink he would do this really interesting textural noodling 
Yeah. Like you're, there's a brick wall, and there'd be really interesting textures on the wall. Like could be lines, could be whatever. Right. And I would ink those very dutifully, and then I would erase the pencils, which you would do after you ink it. Yeah. It looked light. It didn't look like it had any weight to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd invariably, I'd have to go in and fill with in brush, areas yeah. with and just make them solid black because oh, it really? didn't punch enough. It didn't yeah, have yeah. enough. And uh, so that's that's a good illustration of how seeing something in pencil, like seeing a Kirby in in the Tomorrow's books, you know, the yeah. Kirby collector, you see Kirby pencils. And they look so cool. Yeah. But they still need to be interpreted in ink right. for that printing process. You know, now you could color from pencils, but you still would need to transfer it somehow. And a lot of times shading with the side of the pencil or doing lining line stuff yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. it doesn't have enough punch when you ink it if you inked it which is why inking is not tracing. No. If you just inked exactly what was on the pencils and erased the, the gray, it would look the you same. would look at it and it always doesn't, it doesn't have enough contrast, it right, doesn't have right. enough punch to it. Right, right. And contrast is what I'm saying when I mean, when I say punch. Yeah. It's like you should be able to pick the figures out from the background, you should right. be able to, the character should stand out. Yeah. It should be readable in black like the and way, white. If you just traced it, the way the line would be Your the same. Your line weights are so like... So you wouldn't have any depth. Yeah, there's yeah, no depth to it. Yeah. Well, and that's tizing, because that we were talking be, about comic strips. But that can be done in color right, right now. You can create depth in color by putting darker colors in the background or whatever. Did most of the guys that did comic strips, as far as you know, ink all their own stuff? Or do they have, like, there a was, comic book? Was there a penciler oh, there were and an inker? Yeah, yeah, because it's a... I mean, I think it's a brutal kind of routine. If you're writing your strip and drawing, drawing it, it, it's yeah. a lot, because it's seven days a week. I know that, uh, like, Milton Kniff, for years, used... Um, his name was Rockwell. He was actually a nephew of, of Norman Rockwell. I oh, really? what his first name was Dick Rockwell. And Dick Rockwell would take... Kniff would do like rough layouts yeah. and then script it at the same time and he would send it to Rockwell who would then tighten up the pencils and then Kniff would ink it. Oh. So it was a way for him to still control it so he was still doing the storytelling but he had this other intermediate guy to help him with the deadline Yeah. and Rockwell was a very talented penciler. DC hired him for stuff in the 80s. He oh, really? did a couple of things in the when they did the weekly action comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Gary Trudeau also used somebody as an intermediate. Um, again, he would do his oh, layouts. You could tell because his he artwork his changed. Layouts, and I'm like, and then, that's not the same artist. Either. But again, it's it's all fair. It's not like if you're running the show, yeah. you're running the show. Yeah. So it's still your work ultimately. Right, if you're the last guy touching it too, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. inking it or you're writing it or whatever, it's just basically oh, you're creating you're creating a, a little setup to little be, be able to yeah. meet your deadlines. Yeah. Um, I've used people to do layouts on stuff. Sometimes it just helps. Like if you're feeling like you're running low, late. Like with me, I've been trying to ink my own stuff for the last ten years. Yeah. Rather than leave it to the wind, the you know, wisdom of an editor or the whims of an editor. Yeah. Um, I, I try to. So if I'm controlling the whole thing, I can sit down and do a, a rough stick figure and then hire somebody, pay somebody to yeah. do a, a little more of a, a layout or whatever, and then I ink the layout. Yeah. I still bring it and make it my own. Um, so, I mean, that's that, that's a comic tradition just to make deadlines, you know? But the comic strip guys obviously made more money so they could afford to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because they had bigger... I mean, it's like, imagine if you were making hundred grand in 19... 
40 or 50 oh, or hell, something. You'd be a king, yeah. You could go, hey, why am I why am I not they used to make enjoying that kind of money? Those guys made huge amounts. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it depended on how popular yeah, the strip still, was. That's like, why every every comic I wanted to have a strip because it was a, a lot better comic pages. That was based on how much imp- output you could do, and how much work you could get, and how much you could do. A comic strip was, was that lucrative business. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I remember that reading shows Schuster and Siegel. They wanted to do a strip. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to do a there comic. Was, no, there was money, and there was also prestige with it. Oh, it's like oh. That's the cartoonist. And at the when I first started doing the cartoonist meetings in yeah. the, the Connecticut chapter, you had Mort Walker, you had I know, John Dick Brown, and well, you had um, uh, um, who? The guy was doing. Uh, oh, uh, Al, uh, Al Hirschfeld. No, I was thinking of the guy who was doing Prince Valiant in the in the after Al Foster. Al Foster. Um, oh, um, John Cullen Murphy. You had all these people at these meetings who were like giants, right? Yeah. But you were the comic guy, and you were kind of like not in their same. Class. Oh, really? So they had like a oh, click. Yeah, they definitely felt like that. I mean, they weren't mean to you, but no. it was definitely like you were the hanger on. Oh, and really? then as so, their as their membership started dropping, because again, comic strips were dropping, drying off, yeah. and people were dying off. Yeah. They uh, then they started openly trying to get people to join. Really? So the comic book guys were looked down upon by the strip guys. Oh, you were definitely like the second, second class. class. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I mean... Uh, oh, what do you do? Oh, I draw comic... Oh, really? Well, and again, I mean, Kurt Swan was part of that group, and Kurt used to play golf with, with uh, Mort Walker, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, he was in that group, but, you know, the income wasn't... There was no parody there. No and Kurt, shit, really. Kurt would have to steal time away from deadlines to go golfing, Yeah, but it was a perk. That was his perk. And these other guys were living like... Thurston Howell the third over Well, they were definitely more comfortable. They yeah. weren't like dependent on every page they drew. You know? right, 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 right. I mean, that's the the advantage. It's like the difference between somebody who doesn't worry about paying their bills versus somebody who worries about paying yeah. their bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, know? that's interesting. So it's more uh, comics were always more blue blue collar in that sense. Oh. You know, you know what I mean? If you're yeah, defining yeah, it, yeah, if that yeah, even yeah. does that even it's still like there's apply? Johnny Carson and then there's the Regis Philbin guy. It's like. One guy's busting his ass every day. Or does Johnny yeah. Carson, and there's the comedian who comes on Johnny yeah, Carson's yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's Stand always up. a pecking order depending on how much you make. No matter what you're in. Yeah, yeah. The guy who makes more is still on a higher platform. Whether oh. you believe it or not, I mean, it still exists. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, I'm glad I, think I didn't get into that thing. Had the well, no, I mean it's it. Unfortunately, like everything else, they was for they years. They all have nice houses. I remember that when I went for oh, their yeah, interviews. I think, um, I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember uh, going to their houses for internship interviews. I'm like, holy crap, because they had some nice properties. They were all living down here in Westport and Norwalk. I'd pull in. I'm like, oh my, what does this guy do? Comic strips. I think that was in the '80s, though. Was Mort Walker was in? He was in Greenwich. I, I dealt with his son Brian. Mort was retired pretty much at that point. Brian's was, nice. I mean, they're Brian's all nice, nice guy. No, yeah. no, my friend Brian Dick Brown. My friend Dan and Chris he, Brown was the Chris son. Chris Brown was doing it. And my friend Mike Riley was my neighbor. His dad has the record for the most cartoons ever in the New York magazine. Yeah. His um, I can't think of his first name. Something Riley, obviously, but uh, he has. A closet full of his dad's original strips, like you know those full page 
cartoons. Oh yeah, the New Yorker. Yeah, yeah. It was like a high class thing. Right. And he wants money now. Then they'll just buy it because they reprint them all the time in yeah. like, you know, Metropolitan Museum. Right. Right. Fancy art books. So he'll just go over to the closet and take some pages out, send them in. People buy them still. Yeah. I don't know who. Well, they're still but, collectors. Uh, yeah. I mean, this uh, one of the things that happened while we were going to right those in. cartoonist meetings, yeah. there was a, um, a guy had shown up who was an art dealer. Yeah. And he was a guest of somebody else at one of the dinners. And I was talking to him, and he said that uh, this guy who had drawn um, Rusty Riley was a comic strip in like 1956, yeah, yeah, yeah. 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Uh, he had done his Frank Godwin had done Connie in the 30s as a comic strip like a working girl but Frank Godwin also was friends with the guy who drew Wonder Woman back in the in the 40s Masterson? No um, oh you know the the, the other H.P. Peters yeah, yeah 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 they don't give him credit yeah, yeah I know yeah. what you're talking about um, and he actually ghosted an issue of Wonder Woman like a 64 page issue of Wonder Woman in that like Wonder Woman number 3, 4 something yeah no you missed it I'll so give you a Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman number three or four or something, and DC had collected the archives around yeah, that time. Yeah, and yeah. I remember going, "Wow!" Even with bad reproduction, you could tell it was Frank Godwin. Oh, really? Because it was just a master illustrator. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, Godwin was apparently in Connecticut somewhere. Yeah. He's been gone for years, but his wife had lived for quite a while. Wife finally passed away. The kids go up in the cleaning out the property and they find like a stack like three Original feet art. high yeah. of Rusty Riley comic strips in the attic in yeah. like a barn or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like how do we sell these Yeah. and the guy's saying you don't sell them all at once no you sell just, a couple at a time that's otherwise what Riley you're does. not going to yeah. get anything yeah. Yeah. and uh, but that it's amazing that an archive like that could basically appear 20 years after the artist's death oh, I, you come know what I'm saying because the, Please, the wife, we're, we're pack rats. You no, kidding but I'm me? saying like the wife. When I'm know, going, China will be finding stuff. Like, what is all this crap? The wife continued to live in the same yeah. house. Nothing got cleaned out until she passed away, and then it's like, oh, look at this treasure trove. There was a my Sharon when she rented an apartment in college. There was an attic. It was this old like, I don't know, ge- gemologist or something like with stones or whatever, right? Dude, it's like a museum. You yeah. go up to the guy's attic. And there were stacks of National Geographic oh, yeah, yeah. and his little lab that he set up, and no one ever touched anything. It was just still there. He had minerals and rocks and things in little boxes. It looked like a, a school. Yeah. But it was weird. I'm like, why doesn't anyone ever do anything with this stuff? So. You want to give her a good right. tip? All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this one up because we're going to get going here. I have 46 minutes. That's enough entertainment for free. <laughs> All right. That's it. See you in the funny papers. Bye. Bye.